friends, welcome back to the Cultivating Safe Spaces podcast. You're about to listen to episode 5, but I wanted to pop in here beforehand and record a quick intro just to give you like a few little updates. First of all, yes, I'm sick. It's like pretty obvious. Um, but don't worry, this episode was pre-recorded so you don't have to listen to me like cough or clear my throat or anything like that. And also, no, it's not COVID. It is just the flu and it's crazy that I'm literally saying it's just the flu because I feel like I got hit by a freight train. Anyway, second of all, I have gone back and updated the facilitators list link, so you can click it here uh, in the show notes, as well as in the previous podcast that it was mentioned, and that list is going to be growing as um, we have a a recent team that's going to be certified, or I I guess they've already been certified as as of the time of posting this, so they're going to be filling out their information forms and all that jazz. And lastly, we're going to be dialing the podcast back to one episode per month for the foreseeable future. So if you don't see episodes uh, as frequently as usual, or if you see a larger space between them, we're still working on them. We're just spacing them out moving forward. And remember, you can always visit Go Smudge Yourself for more content. I'm picking up there some more again, so we've got you covered. Okay, so today we have a guest. Obviously, you guys saw the title. The title, really? (laughs) The title. Her name is Lisa Duchak. I'm sorry, Lisa, if I said your last name poorly. I've been practicing it, but I'm horrible with names. You guys should know that by now. Lisa is going to be joining us today to talk about her journey into the Cultivating Safe Spaces space. I just need to read part of her bio to you because, like, honestly, it's so good. I love it. I pulled this directly from her Instagram. Lisa identifies as a quote-unquote fat, fierce feminist, learning, unlearning, and constantly evolving. Like... Isn't that awesome? Like, I love it. It was amazing. Uh, okay, we we met through the Implementing Cultivating Safe Spaces in the Train the Trainer workshops, and she's also a Cultivating Safe Spaces facilitator. We got certified in the same program, the very first one that ever was done. Hey. <laughs> I've also got her information in the show notes as well as the blog post for this episode. Okay, let's jump right in. Hi friends, welcome back to the Cultivating Safe Spaces podcast. This is episode five. For a second, I thought it was episode four. Um, I have with me Lisa. So hi, Lisa. Hi. So I'm going to go ahead. Um, I've already by now recorded the introduction portion, but you guys already know who I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass the mic over to Lisa. She can go ahead and introduce herself in a way that feels good. Do any sort of land acknowledgements that she needs to. So the mic is yours. Go ahead. Well, thank you first for having me. Yeah. Um, I am a white woman of privilege who lives, works, and plays on stolen Treaty 6 territory. I am also a single mom. I am currently a full-time university student pursuing a double major in psychology and sociology. And I like to call myself a decolonizer. I don't even know if that's a real word, but we're just going to go with it. It's a word now. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I have it hashtagged like everywhere in like my bios and places. And I'm like, I don't know if this is a word, but it feels really good to me. Decolonizer. (laughs) Right? It's a good word. It is. I actually really like it. It actually goes right into like my perspective. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm an action perspective. Part of my perspective is action and um i feel like it's an action word like yeah if i was a superhero maybe i'd be like i would be the decolonizer (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's amazing (laughs) i love that Uh, that was literally the best (laughs) that's that's amazing that's so good no I love that too actually I kind of want to I kind of want to use that as a hashtag now too Um, okay let's do it yeah we'll make make it a cultivating safe spaces thing we're all decolonizers we're all decolonizers so anybody listening go ahead and use hashtag decolonizer Maybe that should be the name of my podcast. Yes. This is a colonizer oh. show. <gasps> yeah. That's when. a good one. So, I ought to write uh, that down. Yeah, write it down. Um, <laughs> my neurodivergent the- brain. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those listening, uh, before we hit record, Lisa and I were chatting about uh, podcasts, obviously. Um, so we were, we were joking about, like, you know, starting yet another podcast. Um 
and so we were like what what kind of names could we could we use obviously for for lisa's and um i think that one's perfect i think i think you just came up with like the perfect <laughs> the decolonizer. and then your your podcast cover art could be like a superhero you know what i mean dude i'm just saying i'm just saying i think we're on to something we are on we just have hey you're a photographer we could just do yeah. a photo shoot somewhere and i could have a we are getting way off we're, like, this we're is, already off on this is, i think are both of our my my meds are probably wearing off so my brain is like literally going everywhere but i just had this vision of like on a mountain like me is posing as a superhero with like a flowing cape i was gonna say do you want a cape and everything because that would be, that would be ideal actually but don't you think it would be really cool to have like like a comic comic style like because then you could be like oh god look at all the ideas we could make comics for I'm kids just, like I'm the decolonizer for kids yeah stop it it could it could go i mean this is this is this is it big. could go real big uh, okay all right so <laughs> oh we can all be characters you have to have a character leo has a character elaine oh my god that's it we, elaine is gonna love this elaine and leo go. are probably just sitting here cackling <laughs> we're like so off topic <laughs> so off topic okay let's just let's just reel leave it, back it in. to lisa and jen to just be like cultivating what <laughs> comic books what? What are we talking about? <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So this 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 episode, so episode five, I wanted to start a series that was that it was essentially well, it's not essentially called, it's literally called Finding Your Voice as a Facilitator. Um, this is gonna be the first one in the series, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. Um now, Lisa went through the uh, train the trainer course with me and we both I want to say graduated is that the appropriate word we both we were both became um, certified how about that yes yes we both became certified at the same time uh, to become cultivating safe spaces facilitators and so in, instead of just being like hey I'm gonna host a, a podcast and feel like hello I'm <laughs> to <laughs> finding my voice as a facilitator <laughs> on myself like why not <laughs> it with someone else um and obviously like lisa popped into my mind so let's go ahead let, let's kind of like back up a little bit and let's talk about how you first came into the cultivating safe spaces world and like how you met elaine maybe um just let's dial back let's walk through that start at square one go for okay, it okay sounds good um, I'll make the long story kind of short. Um, as many people were tremendously influenced by the murder of George Floyd back at the beginning of COVID, uh, I was also. And I started to really explore anti-racism educators, and I found a lot of amazing educators out of the States. But what I really started to realize was that I needed to, I wanted to, I needed and I wanted to find um, to bring it closer to home in Canada. Um, and that's not to say that there isn't anti-Black racism in Canada. A hundred percent there is. However, I recognized a lot of what I was seeing from the States happening with the Indigenous peoples here in Canada and um, the severity. And so I decided that I wanted to really sink into starting to read works by Indigenous authors um, and and just teach myself, just start to learn and really start to get real with myself, become much more self-aware of the way that I was socialized as I grew up and the way that um, all of the, like I had so many stereotypes and biases and prejudices that when I sat back and thought about it, I had no idea where they had actually come. Like I had no backing for them. They were just like always there and there was no rhyme or reason to it. It was just like, it was taken as fact when like there was literally no fact. And so I really started to question that. Um, and so that's how I came across calling my spirit back. And I became like the most massive 
fangirl ever and I <laughs> found Elaine and this is like as you have people on here I mean literally everybody tells like the same story about how mm-hmm. they fangirl over Elaine um, and so I did that I found her on Instagram and I started bugging her like can I volunteer for you like do you need an assistant like I literally just want to be like live in your brain and she was like, ha ha. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so Elaine, too. Ha ha. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, thank you, but I'm okay for right now. <laughs> and so I just kept on following her. And then all of a sudden, like a, a gift from the universe, she, I started to see all this stuff about cultivating safe spaces and the workshops and, um, yeah and I was like this is it I'm in pick me and I just started with I I don't even know how many I've done now but all I know is that it's like been life-changing from the very even reading just Elaine's book was life-changing and then going into community with so many amazing people and just continuing that um, led me to train the trainer and in line with what I'm studying in university and what I want to do with my education everything just fit all at once. And now I'm here with you. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's pretty similar to not to, not to generalize or like discount your story. Cause that's awesome. Super, super amazing. But it's, it's very similar in terms of like how I came across Elaine, I guess. Um, not, not with George Floyd, but just like in terms of like, I was like, I, really need to decolonize my bookshelf. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm sitting here like as an indigenous person and my bookshelf is largely white men. Like, what, what is this, you know? And so I was like, I need, I need to like start following more indigenous people on Instagram. I need to, you know, all this stuff. And at the time I wasn't even actually like on Instagram, but I had signed back in it had been like a year and a half or something since I had signed in and Elaine's Instagram like popped up as my recommended because that new algorithm thing where they're like, you're not following enough people. Um, I am. <laughs> I'm following <laughs> Mind your own business Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like get off my feet. Um, but in this instance, I was just like, Elaine, Alec, who's this? And um, of course, like I opened it up and I started like mass liking her posts because you know she posts these incredibly long detailed very powerful posts right like they I mean obviously you can like the photos and keep scrolling but like if you actually read the post you're just like whoa (laughs) that's deep (laughs) and I was like that I was like whoa this is awesome and and then of course like I saw that she had a book and I was just like alrighty um let's add that to the list and uh yeah, and, and I guess for those who who don't know, Elaine also posted that she was looking for somebody to help her with her newsletter. And so I there were already like so many people who had applied at that point um, and who had already commented. And I was like, well, you know, like, what's the harm? I was in school at the time and I was also working for like a really, really colonial job. Like, I'm not going to name the company, but they are a security company and they are. Oh my God, I worked for awful. a security company too. And they were also awful. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just, I, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> that's, um, that's for it's a show. <laughs> yeah. We're, you know what we're doing? We're thriving. Um, and so I was in a really dark place at the time and I was, you know, I was sitting here and I was like, I just don't know like where I'm going to go from here. And Eric was just like, well, you know, like, why don't you just apply? Like, what's the harm? Like, you, you know, like just, just go for it. And I was like, okay. So I, I ultimately like went onto Canva and I created like this, this mock-up newsletter for her. And I like, sent it to her and I was just like hey I just wanted to let you know that like I I'm really I'm a big fan and um I created this newsletter for you and even if you don't hire me like you could still use this template and blah 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 and you know and I was like just take my work was it even Canva Pro I just (laughs) no it was I just literally I spent like I spent a few hours like trying to color match her colors and stuff and I was just like just just take my work it's no wonder I didn't get a shot I didn't make something in Canva (laughs) (laughs) just kidding I just weaseled in there you're ridiculously talented so she picked right no (laughs) no and um 
yeah, so I I I gave her this newsletter and I was like, oh, yeah, just you know, even if you don't pick me, but like, just here's my work and I've 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 done um, other websites as well because it was a website thing as well, right? And I was like, I've worked on other people's websites and anyway, I just kind of like left it at that and then I I just happened to luck out because we connected and I was and so that's how I found Elaine. I guess that's not how I found Elaine, but that's how I met Elaine and. Um, we've just we've been close ever since right so like it's just interesting like you know you kind of with the decolonizing and like the bookshelves and stuff and I'm just like yes I feel that and like just take me please take my work <laughs> and now we're both here like we're, we're founders we're not even just facilitators <laughs> that that word just gets yeah. every time she says it I'm like I feel like something it's you know I think it's just like it's it's so big for those of us that get it mm-hmm. and like that have sat with it and been in the community and I know I'm getting mm-hmm. a, ahead of myself again but it's it's just we're just part of something so special and I get so excited when I think of all of the all the all the new people all the newbies that are going to come in and all of like the you know all, yes. just how as the community grows like just how it, it's just so special and it's so powerful. It is. And it's like, yeah, to be like a founder is ridiculous to me. Like, I am so honored. I know. It's it's really big. I I mean, we're, we're going to get into this in a moment. You keep saying you're getting ahead of yourself. Please feel free to just like run wild. Um, I know cultivating safe spaces was like life changing for me in terms of like my I started my own healing journey personally um, several years ago, like uh, prior to cultivating safe spaces. But I would say that cultivating safe spaces was when it like really, really took off because suddenly I had like, it was like a blueprint for the work that I was kind of doing, but I wasn't really sure how I was doing it. You know what I mean? Like I was kind of like, I was working on myself, um, but I wasn't 100% sure like exactly how to put it into practice. Like it was just kind of like I was intuitively trying to fix myself, but then all of a sudden you have like the four conditions and then you have the four protocols and it's just like, it suddenly makes so much sense. And I finally have this like essentially a blueprint, right? It's just like, oh my gosh, like I can, I can fall back on like the biggest one for me is understanding self. Like I, everything, everything comes back to understanding self, right? Um, but yeah, so I just I guess I just wanted to talk about I have a podcast coming up for understanding self with Leo for next week. Um, but I wanted to talk about with you, um, like your perspective and your plans for cultivating safe spaces and just like your journey, like w- the community, like oh, everything, geez. like run wild. So let, let's just talk don't about it. Back. Don't, don't um, hold yourself back. So I <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> go off the rails. It's fine. I will start maybe with... Um... I guess I'll start with my plans for cultivating safe spaces. So um, this, there's like so many. So I, I've, I've lived a million and one lives. I like to say, my daughter also likes to say that to people. And um, it seems like I've just done a little bit of everything, but I did spend a lot of time in the corporate world. And um, I had a, a fairly successful business to business sales career for many, many years. And um, amongst other things. And so when this kind of all came together, um, and with my education, I guess I'm probably even getting ahead of myself there too. When I first went back to university, it was actually, I I had thought about going back. I had plans on going back to be a counseling psychologist, um, because of my own struggles with mental health and my own diagnosis. And, um, I took my first sociology class. Sociology was my minor. And I was like, um, okay, like, no, I think I'm, I think I'm, I might, maybe I chose the wrong thing. (laughs) And so I changed to a double major and I just started, things just really started to click. And way back at that time, I had also identified such a tremendous need for more group support for just in general, um, for mental health, um, for different, for, for, you know, specific demographics that struggle with mental health issues and for, to make it more accessible and group support that, that was, I, I don't want to use the word safe because it wasn't really what was coming to mind then, but now it's the, it's the word that, 
that sticks, that makes sense, that was safe for people, um, and that they didn't have to rely on government and all of these things. So basically, as everything has come together with cultivating safe spaces, and like you said, like the template, the foundation of it, it's not just for one thing, which I think is the most profound thing about cultivating safe spaces is that when you sink into it, you can use it in your work, in your daily life, in your familial relationships, in your community. Like there's just every aspect of it can be applied to every part of life. And so for me, I recognized very early on that my lane was definitely sticking with the settler population and really trying to work with people who are right at the beginning stages or maybe a little bit further along, but that are open to having an open mind and maybe are at the point where they're realizing, you know what, like there's some things happening in this world that are not awesome. I don't really know how to address that. I don't know where to start. I don't know. I don't know where I feel safe to openly admit um, how I play a role in that. And so, um, yeah, my goal is to work with organizations, with businesses, um, any sort of group in that perspective from a diversity and inclusion perspective, um, because my time in the corporate world has really, there's a lot of room for improvement in diversity and inclusion that's not performative, but also uh, a lot of companies are and organizations are missing the mark when they're trying to get more out of their people. And I know that it does sound like a very colonial mindset and it is, but business is still business and capitalism still occurs in our in our world and we're not getting away from that so we need to figure out how to balance everything how to make everything more equal and more equitable but at the same time still fulfilling business needs and you know meeting in the middle and a lot of companies are really just missing the mark on that and how to best utilize the people they have because they're stuck in the ideal and the colonial mindset of everything has to be done exactly this way. And so I would, I'm looking forward to working with companies, but I'm also looking forward to working um, with my, with my groups um, and using the template from a very specific group support network where communities are built and where it's built on personal development that can really sit within like that nested ecological system and then radiate out. So if we're dealing with single moms, if we're dealing with uh, women business owners, you know, small business owners, things like that, where we're looking at giving a safe space to say, this is what's on my heart right now. This is how I'm feeling. It's not therapy, but it's having that safe space to like, let it out and have somebody listen and be judge free, judgment free, sorry, acknowledge it. And then also at the same time, work on the elements of cultivating safe spaces, as well as so much stuff I have from my time as a confidence coach, a life coach, plus all of my knowledge from being a psychology major, sociology major. So I really have like this tremendous wealth of knowledge and tools that I'm super excited to bring to my, to my consultation business. Yeah, that seems like that so awesome. much. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I, no, <laughs> I was taking like a few notes. I, I, um, listeners won't be able to tell this, but we're yeah. we're kind of like on camera, so I was like, I don't want you to think I'm ignoring you or anything. I was like trying to take like a few notes and stuff. But um, one thing that stood out that I wanted to just kind of like yeah. really quickly circle back to um, when you were talking about um, like corporations and stuff, and just kind of putting two and two together, like you being an action perspective and how like working with corporations and working with settlers um that is not to say that like all settlers are going to be action people I, sh I shouldn't i didn't mean it like that but like when we're working with like kind of western style colonial businesses and stuff like that and you coming in as an action person like it's almost ideal that you can like meet them and we've talked about in, in workshops and stuff, not necessarily on this podcast, but we've talked about in workshops how the what's on your heart 
uh, exercise can function as a SWOT analysis, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, for those of you who don't know what a SWOT analysis is, it's it's essentially an exercise where you can break down strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Um, and so if you have, let's say, like a corporation or a, a, like a, a board or something in a corporation who are having trouble with like hierarchical structures um, maybe they're having issues with lateral violence or gossip culture or whatever the case may be. Um, maybe innovation is not thriving. And then, you know, Lisa comes in <laughs> and then she's like, okay, we're going to do a what's on what's on my heart exercise. Um, you can probably hear my partner. <laughs> we live in a studio, <laughs> studio apartment. Um, but yeah, so Lisa comes in and then she's like, okay, we're going to do a what's on my heart exercise. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is like so, so frou-frou. Like, what, what are you talking about? Why are we going to do this? Um, we're going to do this because it allows us to actually analyze those strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Like, it allows somebody who's action-focused to kind of meet those other action-focused people head-on and be like, no, like, you know, dial it in and meet them where they're at, I guess is kind of like what I'm saying. Um, so it was really cool to see you talking about like how you've got like your psychology background and and like putting it all together and like working with like, like settler businesses and stuff like that. I'm like, yes. Well, it's yes, actually interesting <laughs> listening to how you actually phrase that. And now I have to write down another idea too, because, you know, um, we've also talked in, in workshops and whatnot about how, Oh, I just told this about one, one on one, um, about how in some businesses, what's on your heart may not be well received. It might be, it might be too. And people might, that could mm-hmm. actually shut people down. But what yeah. I also just considered is that, have you ever been part of an organization where maybe they send out like um, a, a company wide survey or they do like one-on-one interviews if maybe something is going a little bit wonky and like they ask for your opinion, but then really they're just looking for the things that support their narrative when they're asking for your opinion. And so another thought I just had within this context within businesses is also to do take the one-on-one approach to what is on your heart instead of the group. It might not be as um, intimidating. So let's say if you have a group of white men in, you know, that you're trying to work with that there might at the beginning, there might be a very, like a very closed off element and, you know, men are not necessarily the first to just like spill literally what's on their heart. But if you meet and you have that discussion in a safe place, and then you can take that information, you know what I mean? Like, so now that I'm thinking about, there are also ways to accommodate for the colonial mindset. I don't want to look at it as though as, as coddling though, because there is a difference. However, we do also have to meet people where they're at. And that's a lesson that I have started to learn very it's, it's a hard lesson to learn because I am so action. So I'm like, why do you not get it? Why can you just not do it my way right now? Like, just open up, damn it. Like, what the hell? <laughs> open up your heart. <laughs> Tell me what's on it. <laughs> Cry, damn it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just kind of, but it's it's also that that's one thing too for me that's super important with working with businesses is ensuring that that consultative aspect for me is there and doing that needs assessment um, and making sure that everybody, that it's a good fit for everybody um, and making sure that the actual needs of the business are being addressed, um, which I can really relate to because I've I've lived in that world. Um, And so I'm really familiar with what it's like to have all those ideologies because I've lived with them for so long, but I'm also really familiar with what it takes to like overcome them and how much better it can be on the, on the other side. So, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I like how you, um, you kind of pointed out, like, it's important. We're not coddling people, right? Like there's, there's a difference between, um, allowing people who are comfortable in their privilege to just allow them to sit in their privilege and not be challenged. There's a difference between that and meeting people where they're at and then allowing them to continue on their journey and not pushing them to the point where they're so uncomfortable that they close up. Right. right? Like we, we want to be able to allow people to be where they are and validate where they are while still encouraging them to continue on their, their journey of healing. 
Um, <clears throat> sorry. No, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I have a mute button. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's not as authentic. <laughs> I've been like strategically muting myself throughout. And then like the one time when I'm like, click, <laughs> I, I just, no, <laughs> of course not. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so that's awesome. I thank you for that. That's, that's great. So you're going to be working predominantly with settlers, I guess. Yes. Only with settlers, not, not only with settlers, predominantly with, predominantly with settlers. Yes. Like um, I won't turn anyone away, but I also want to stay in my lane. Like I don't want to, let's say, start addressing um, indigenous communities as though I, I have an idea of what that experience is like, because I do not. And so it is very important to me that I stay very, very aware of my privilege, um, painfully aware, and that it's not my place to be. Now, if someone comes to me, if someone wants to, anybody can join a support group, like it's not about um, excluding, it's about it's about me, it's about me taking myself out of the equation or out of the situations where I'm not invited in. If I'm invited in, absolutely. But um, I will, I don't want to say force myself, but I can really like be assertive aggressive with the settler population. That is not <laughs> an approach I want to take with any other groups. Right. And when it and, comes to I mean, race anyway. And that's a good way to look at it, right? Is because like I, I've said this in the Ghost Mind Yourself podcast, like when it comes to settlers, like you really do have a lot of leeway. People are going to listen to you. Other settlers are going to listen to you a lot more. Like when you sit down and you're like, that is inappropriate, you know, like you should not be saying that. Um, their knee-jerk reaction is significantly less aggressive towards other settlers, um, if that and, makes sense. And you know what, in a, my perspective too is that if it is aggressive, I want that aggression to be, I want to take that aggression instead of that aggression going to the group the aggression is aimed towards do you know what I mean yes that's I feel like that's the very least I can do to be in community with any other like just in community with people that are committed to doing this work um and to take some of that off of and off of indigenous people black people brown people whoever um but in particular women um I I want to take that I want to t I want to shoulder what I can to alleviate some of that historical trauma. I don't know if that makes sense. It sounds very like I don't want it to sound like like I'm a martyr, but that's mm -mm. what I want to do. No, you know what? Um, and I keep I keep referencing like my other podcast, but I have a I have a podcast. Um, I should know this. Um, I can't remember exactly which one it is, but it it's one about being an ally. Um, I have, I think I have two about being an ally, um, but it's one of them <laughs> and, and, and one of them talks about like how to be a better ally. I think, it, I think it's how to be a better ally. <laughs> I, I think that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> and in it, um, I, I do specifically speak about this. I speak about, um, stepping in and like stepping between indigenous peoples and, and state sanction, state sanctioned violence is usually like things like protests and stuff like that. Uh, that's the example that I gave specifically, but it translates well to this one as well, because quite often, like I said, in the in the example that I gave with state, oh my gosh, state sanctioned violence. It's a tongue twister. Um, I know, right? I'm just, <laughs> and I've got a migraine, so I'm like, bleh. <laughs> bleh, bleh, bleh. You're doing um, great. Thank you. <laughs> um, you. You do see like predominantly settler cops who are, attacking predominantly indigenous or uh, other BIPOC community members and individuals, BIPOC individuals who are protesting very aggressively compared to any settler allies who show up at those protests. Right. And so that, that was kind of the example that I was giving in that podcast and how, if you are a true ally who is at the, at the protest, not just for the, the quote unquote clout of it all. I'm not just to be like, oh, I'm at a protest, like cute little Saturday protest. Like, look at me. I'm such a good person. You, yeah. Which I know people who have done that. Like, and that's kind of why I included that in um, that podcast was kind of like, I guess for me to be like, you know what, there are people who do this. So like, I'm calling them out as well. Um, but it was, 
it's, it's important for settlers to understand that the police will aggressively go after the indigenous people who are at these protests, um, the BIPOC individuals who are at these protests, while kind of skirting around settlers. And so it's your job to either place yourself in between them and kind of give us time to get out of there or to literally place yourself in between and to protect us kind of thing. Um, and, and I know this sounds kind of crazy. Like people are like, what are you talking about? But like there are protests that are held. And um, for most indigenous protests, there are pamphlets that go around showing like escape routes, what to do if the police come um, come around, what to do if you get tear gas in your eyes, what like, you know, what to do if you get arrested and stuff. And these are handed out to indigenous individuals because they know that settler police are going to go after them predominantly. So when we talk about like what you were just speaking about, you're like, I don't want to sound like a martyr. I'm like, it doesn't sound like you're trying to sound like a martyr at all. I'm like, please, like, this is what we, this is what we're asking, right? Like we're asking for, for settlers to step in and um, help us shoulder some of this. Right. So thank you for that. That was perfect. Good. (laughs) How to be a better ally. (laughs) (laughs) See, I don't, and I don't, uh, I think when I first started doing, doing this work, um, I, I kind of toyed with the idea of calling myself an alloy, an alloy, an ally, not an alloy, uh, but I, Are you I toyed sure? with... <laughs> <laughs> well, You're so strong though. <laughs> I know, right? Maybe bit, maybe both. Um, but then I learned really quickly that it wasn't my place to, I couldn't give myself that title. Um, and me giving myself that title was like really just, packed full of privilege. Um, and so that's what, but we see a lot of that happen a lot of times. So I, it's been a very long time since I've used that word, um, in reference to myself, I've had, uh, a a number of people within our community use that word in reference to me. And I, it's like the highest honor. It's kind of like how we were talking way before we started recording about like accomplishments and I made my funny joke about being an honorary deadly auntie. But yeah. <laughs> in all reality, um, being called after being so vulnerable and open about um, how racist I have been, my racist viewpoints and the stereotypes, and then to still be told by amazing Indigenous women that I am an alloy, an ally, that is alloy. literally... <laughs> <laughs> an al- how about an alloy ally um hey <laughs> another one i'm full of them i told you yeah <laughs> but no that really is like the biggest like a ridiculously high honor and accomplishment mm-hmm. and i still won't use it in reference to myself because i i don't think that's something that we should do like that shouldn't be the goal of doing this work is to try to come out of it with a label to be like i'm an ally now and so <laughs> Like, I know it all. That should never be the goal. I mean, the goal, yes, but, like, to be able to call yourself that. Does that make sense? Like, yep. it should be the goal, but it's, like, a low-key, like, implicit goal, not one that you're, like, advertising to everybody and, like, sitting in that. Yeah. For clout. No, that that makes sense. Yeah. I, I 100% agree because it's something that requires action, right? Like, I, I always say that um, ally allyship, it's not – it's – it's technically like being an ally, like it's, it's a verb, right? Like it's something that you do. You don't just get to claim this title. It, it's kind of the same thing as like, you don't just get to be like, I'm a mom. Like, um, okay. Have you had any sort of parenting in your life kind of thing? You know, like you don't necessarily have to physically have a child to be a mom. That's not what I'm suggesting, but like you do have to parent, right? Like that's <laughs> like, <laughs> you. <laughs> You have to, you know, like it's, it's an, it's a verb. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's a noun, but it's a verb. Yeah. And so um, when we think about like ally, allies and allyship, like lots of people like to be like ally, you know, like, Hey, what's up? I'm an ally. But, but then when it comes to like these painful conversations, kind of like what we were t- uh, discussing prior to hitting record, when it comes to the painful conversations, when their friends are having, you know, misogynistic conversations or racist conversations, are they willing to stand up and say, dude, that's messed up. I don't like it when you talk about that. You shouldn't be talking about that anyway. Like that makes me uncomfortable. Do not say those things. Are they? I don't know. Maybe they're not. If they're not, then they're not an ally. 
know, like yeah. they're an ally for clout. All for the ground. So it's exactly. So it's not something that I, I understand where you're coming from when people are like, should you be allowed to call yourself an ally or should that be something that other people kind of, for lack of a, a better word that I'm reaching for, other people bestow upon you kind of thing, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> maybe we maybe we should have a podcast about that. <laughs> that would actually be a really good that one. That would be I a good like, one. You, you, know, could really, like, you could really unpack that. Like, what do we call each other? <laughs> like, I feel like as a white person, that is never, I don't think that I, and I could change my mind. I'm very open to every perspective. And I could change my mind on this. But as it stands right now, like I said, I do not think that a white person regardless of how deeply they are committed to this work, that that is something that they should be titling themselves with. I think that that comes, I think if you say I have been called an ally, that's different. I've been called an ally by blah, blah, blah. And you know, you list off the people and, but they also have to be like, you know, the oppressed. <laughs> like if you called ally by a fucking care, Oh, I don't know if we're or we're not swearing. You Oops. know what? I Sorry. I've sworn I've sworn a couple times. Um, I don't know what we're shooting for at this point. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, sorry. I did so good up till that one point, and I caught it right. So I'm sorry, listeners. Um, but like, it's different than a Karen, just a, a darn Karen being like, Lisa, you're an ally. Those like, darn no, Karens. no, Karen, you do not have the the experience like you're out like no I don't think that there's I don't think that you can no I the the privilege I think negates the ability to tell someone that they're an ally does I don't know if that makes sense yeah no it makes sense it's got to come from the group that you're supposedly an ally to right like you can't it can't be coming from somebody who also holds the same privilege as you um, otherwise, it means nothing. You guys are just granting each other titles. Well, it's just <laughs> it's that, like that makes sense. We could also do another podcast, like even you know, like women supporting women. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not it's not a it, it's fake. It's a fallacy because it's it's white women supporting white women in the things that white women like. It's not about white women supporting missing and murdered Indigenous women. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's about like, yo, my friend has this really cool business and they're selling this really cool thing. And so like, you should support it because it's women supporting women. Yeah, no, it's I the hear same that thing, 100%. right? Like that's it the is. same way I look at it, that. So that was completely like squirrel, but. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's all, it's all very relevant though. Like when we talk about, um, like marginalized groups and different intersectionalities and stuff like that, right? Like you can't, you you can't bestow that. My, my laptop is gonna fall over. <laughs> I'm like, <"Ooh>, wow, <laughs> yeah. Um, you can't bestow that that title upon yourself. You can't claim that you're supporting people if you're not actually doing the work. All that jazz, and and then of course, like when you've got like your own blinders on and you're not. Um, broadening that to include marginalized people, then you're not actually doing any work. You're just upholding the status quo. Yes. So <laughs> there are so many topics. I, I, yeah, I think that the the plan, um, Lisa and I already talked about this. I think that the plan is that we are going to just have like a coffee and we'll have to, we'll have to name it. It'll become a series, like a coffee and something session. And we can discuss different decolonial. I'm trying to to think like how we can. Yeah, we'll have to come. Yeah, we'll 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 figure it out. Um, and it can just be like a conversation. We'll we'll have like different topics and stuff that we we can discuss and things. But yeah, we'll be able to talk about these sorts of things a lot more in depth. Um, but we are coming up on 45 minutes, so I know time flies. (laughs) (laughs) For us, it's technically almost two hours. Because we, you know we, were, we were talking for like an hour before we recorded. But see, okay, so this is this is actually a great note probably to like wrap up on then is because I bit my tongue before we started recording. I said, no, no, I have to save it for when we're recording. Because when you're in community, 
like the cultivating safe spaces community is just such a special thing. And when you can talk to people who are of the same mindset um, and who can, you know, offer different perspectives and different points of view, but you're all working for the same ultimate goal and you have commonalities. Like we all just look forward to being in community with one another so much. Like when we're doing our monthly calls, it's literally like the day before I'm like a little kid, like before Christmas, I'm like, tomorrow's the day, tomorrow's the day. Like we get to have our zoom tomorrow, tomorrow. And I was so excited to like meet with you today. And I was like, Oh my God, I get Jen time. And like, and now I'm just mad that I can't have Leo time next week. I have to have Leo time soon too. I miss him also tremendously. I I'm like, because I get to speak to him tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I know. I, have to, I know. I, I need to just be like, Leo, we need to Zoom. Can we please just Zoom already? Just start a podcast. And then, <laughs> and then you can be like, can I book you in? <laughs> we, I sense a theme, Jen. Do you want me to start a podcast? I think, I think we should start a podcast. I don't know. You didn't mention it at all. <laughs> now no. we have to have another conversation so you can impart all your wisdom on me. Um, yeah. But no, it really is. It's just that's what happens when you're in community with people that you truly enjoy is you can just talk and talk and it's safe. Like we just have such a safe space that we can trust each other with so much of our, you know, our, well now and now all the podcast world but trust with our vulnerabilities and being authentic and you know sharing what we're discovering about ourselves and it's it's so powerful it's like one of the best things that has ever happened to me in my life and so if I can bring that to other people which is what I'm hoping to do with my support groups uh, because they will be more niche because they will be accessible um like I'm so excited for that. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think that, um, and I said this to you uh, while we were recording, but also like while we weren't recording, like cultivating safe spaces, that was like, it's probably been the biggest game changer of my life mm-hmm. in terms of like how I've learned to approach people and like situations, just just everything in life. Like I've, it's completely changed the way that I enter every single situation and the community that has been built or that that sounds kind of passive I shouldn't say it like that the community that we've built it's just it's different you know like it's 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 very different it It you can talk to it hits different it does (laughs) it's it feels so different because every single every single person that um we were able to speak to um like when we were doing the different workshops and stuff like that every single breakout room every person you know whether you knew them or not it was just like you were safe talking to them like there was like that original kind of like nerves where you're like how do we start this conversation and then as soon as you start talking you're like I know this person you know what I mean because we're all there we all have the same goals the same like we're different and we have different perspectives and stuff like that but we have like you said the same common goals the same like uh, shared vision and stuff like we all really want to do this good work and yeah it's been such a game changer uh just overall like I my life has got it's done like a complete 180 but mm-hmm. that's not even like that I feel like that's not even I feel like that doesn't even fully describe it because like a 180 yeah. doesn't even feel like it's like a good enough uh descriptor like I feel like I'm in a different dimension <laughs> it's totally <laughs> like, true and you know what you it know also gives you the opportunity to Um, when you're sitting in circle with so many diverse backgrounds and personalities to really, it's a special opportunity to get to see, um, get to see others pain that you wouldn't normally necessarily get to see. Um, and to have a, a, a completely new and different appreciation for how, how important Important it is to take into account everyone's experiences and that we can't paint everything with the exact same brush. We can't paint everyone with the same brush and we don't know what has brought everyone to the point that they're at right now. And so it's, and that everybody comes at things from a different way. And when you start to really like, that is like the true 
to me, like when you talk about inclusion, like that's it, you know, like when you're understanding that it's not the cookie cutter, it's not that I just, I just made a post about that this morning. Like it's not the colonial prototype that is, it's, it's not just, it's not just like, that's not inclusion. Trying to get everybody to fit that mold. That's not inclusion accepting and acknowledging and respecting the different perspectives and that everybody works a little bit differently that is inclusion to me yeah no that's that's like perfect that's that's <laughs> perfect i saw that post today too I didn't, wait was that yeah i that saw was that post I was, did I you like I it have, you better have liked it i thought I we were just it. talking about that you had to be my yeah. at least i need one like on it because I, I thought I liked it. I, I try to either save yours so that I can repost them on my stories or I try to like them or so that I can repost them on my feed. But then I forget because, you know, that uh, hamster wheel <laughs> I <forgive> brain. You. <laughs> yeah, I, I save so many of your posts, though, honestly. Oh, I, thank you. I like I save them for later because um, they're so good. And thank then it, but the problem is, like, if I save them, I forget to like them. I'm not good. I don't you know, it's like one button or the other. I'm like, which one? <laughs> When we were talking about that earlier, it actually brings up another good point is that we have become so accustomed to really wanting like wanting that validation from the likes and the comments that we sometimes overlook that just because someone doesn't like it doesn't mean it doesn't impact them. And so that was a really good takeaway from for me for for social media and that that need for that validation like I'm not succeeding because somebody can really still be impacted even if they're not interacting in a way that you can see. And so that's really important to keep in mind. Yeah, for sure. And um I I 100% agree with that because I've seen um I've seen some of my posts are I purposefully make them kind of shareable like infographic style posts, just like I think there's like 3 or 4 of them. Um and I've seen that the share ratio is higher than the like ratio and there's one that even has like I think it's like 350 likes or something and it has more shares and I'm like I don't understand like but it's the same same thing right like people will they'll be like oh this is this is perfect I'll share it but instead of being like I like it and then I share it they do what I do and then they just <laughs> hit like save or share or something <laughs> and so like I'm just like come on guys <laughs> But it, yeah, it's it's just it's just me being like I want the likes. But what I've started to do is I've started to hide my like count from myself and from ah. other people because it's just it's just better for me and it's better for other people. My Instagram doesn't automatically hide like counts. Um, okay. I don't know why. It shows me everybody's like counts. It shows me my like counts. Um, so what I've started to do is just manually hide my own like counts on every single post as soon as I post it because I just don't. I don't need to know, you know? Yeah. Um, and ever since I, I kind of told you about the Ghost Mudge Yourself podcasting with the the pressure that I've started to put on myself, I, I'm actively going to be taking a step back from the numbers and just being like, I started doing this work because it was healing work for me. Yes. And that's what I need to focus on. I need to stop being like, wow, I'm getting really good numbers. I need to make another banger, <laughs> you know? Well, like, that's just it. Like it's, it's a matter of being, and, and I've really started to remind myself of that too. Like I'm doing it also for me. Like if this is important to me, if what I'm trying to communicate, cause I don't post, I'm not like, I don't, I'm not on a schedule. I post things when it occurs to me, I'm busy. I, I still work. Like I'm, I'm yeah, I have a job. I do school. I am working on building up this, my consulting company. I have an 18 year old and even though she's 18, she just needs me in different ways. Right. And now it, honestly, it's like really fun now. Cause we're like buddies and it's great and selling a house and getting like all of these things. Look, I don't have time to be like, I need to post at seven 30 every night and I need to do this type of post here. And I'm going to do all these photo shoots. I, I, this is not me. So when the mood strikes me, and that's what's important to me, is I want to post meaningful things that have something that is important for me to say, that I feel is important, and it's important for the world to know about me and what my style is, and for people to determine if I'm the right fit as a facilitator for them. Um, and 
that's that's just what it is. If if I get a like, then I get a like, and that's great. But if not, it's mm-hmm. it, it it is meaningful to me, and that's yeah also super important. The heal, yeah, the healing work kind of thing, yeah, and just reminding yourself like why you do these things and like why you enjoy these things and like I let that go for a little while. <laughs> I got <laughs> overwhelmed. <laughs> That's good. We have I, a strategy now to get you yeah, back to it and having fun with yeah, it again. Yeah, I had to. I definitely had to like step back from Ghost Mode Yourself for a little while because I was like, I was just allowing myself to get too stressed out about it. And um, I like I started it because like it was very healing for me to be able to share like my healing journey and like to be able to share information and like reconciliation information. And like, that's why I got into like cultivating safe spaces and why I met Elaine and stuff like that was because like, that was my journey. And it was such a, uh, an important place for me to be able to share my voice. And then eventually I was just like, I need to make sure that this is perfect. And it's like, well, I'm not perfect. So like, why do my podcasts need to be perfect? Like, <laughs> that makes no sense. Like, I'm not even that person. So, But anyway, okay. So speaking of social media, I, I will I will steal the show. Speaking of social media. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's talk about like where people can find you. Let's talk about like um, your, your upcoming facilitation business, all that jazz. Um, yeah. Any closing thoughts, any closing plans, all that jazz all that information uh my website should be up and running very very soon so it's just simply lisaduchak.com um and instagram is like my number one and my handle there is i am lisa trish and i can also be found on tiktok by the same name but tiktok is a little bit of a different beast so it's not the same content but there's still a lot of really um really good content that goes on there and stuff that's shared and whatnot. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. Um, if anyone wants to email me, they have inquiries about facilitation. I will definitely travel to do um, workshops. Um, or if you just want any other information, I can be reached at Lisa at Lisa I'm sure you can um, link it in the, you have show notes, right? Will you be able to link it? Heck yeah, I do. <laughs> 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 just so that I don't have to spell out my whole last name for everybody. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have all the all the relevant information in the show notes. I'll also have like a separate blog post for this. So anything that you want, like you, 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 um, that you want in that blog post, like any special photos, like if you have like a nice little headshot, or if you want like your Instagram, any Instagram photos like featured or anything like that, like. We'll go ahead and put those in the blog post. Um, but I'll also just like quick link everything in the show notes um, just as like a hyperlink kind of thing. So if Perfect. anybody wants to just like really quickly reach you, that'll be available there. Awesome. And um, yeah. Do you have any like closing thoughts or anything? Oh, I always have th- closing thoughts. Um, go for it. <laughs> I guess if anyone is has been listening to the show, not, you know, kind of wondering if this is like the place for them. I think even just wondering means that it is. And so, you know, whichever, whichever way you decide to become part of our community, um, I think you should do it. And yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work to get into this kind of work um, to become a decolonizer. (laughs) It's a lot of work, <laughs> but it is, it is, it's good a, work though. There is literally nothing more rewarding and you find yourself just in community with like the greatest people you could ever imagine. Um, so yeah. And I just hope everyone is well and thriving and just being the best you that you can be in this moment. Thanks for having me, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> we'll we'll definitely have you. We'll definitely have you back, obviously. And then um, we're gonna have Lisa on the Ghost Much Yourself podcast as well, uh, obviously. And probably you'll probably be like a recurring, <laughs> recurring guest. My new podcast career is about to start. <laughs> I love it. This it's, was so it's much very, fun. It's very therapeutic. You know, you get to just like sit down and rant and rave about 
colonialism. <laughs> this is literally all I want to do with my life, so I am so down. <laughs> I know. All right, well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. So that was our first episode in the Finding Your Voice as a Facilitator series. I'm excited to move through the list of facilitators as we go, but like I said, we're going to be dialing back to one episode per month, so if any of you facilitators are listening, don't stress, don't feel rushed. We've got lots of time to get in the groove, figure out where we want to take our Cultivating Safe Spaces journeys, and also if you don't want to be interviewed, don't feel pressured. Like Some people just don't want to be on the mic, that's totally fine. Lisa will also be on the Ghost Mudge Yourself podcast, which should be airing either this week or next week so if you want uh, to hear more of her story or if you just like her vibe then head on over there and actually in fact if you're looking for more decolonial land back and spiritual content in general <laughs> then head on over to the ghost match yourself podcast which is available anywhere you listen to podcasts that's where you can find me most weeks and it's a pretty fun time and like i said <laughs> we're ramping back up again And also don't forget that the accompanying blog post for this podcast episode is going to have all the relevant links for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember you are loved and important. Masi, Meta, thank you very much for your time. Now get out there and cultivate some safe spaces. Okay, bye.